Yes, yes, people, we're back for another episode of Eyes on the Ball. Um, we're coming back with some of our weekly NBA content now. Obviously, the NBA season is hotting up. You've got the preseason games going on. Everything is coming back to normal. We're seeing KD back in the league. We're seeing Curry. Curry, look, Curry's reminded me that he's the best point guard in the league. Let me just say that. <laughs> but yeah, Curry's reminding us of everything that's happening. We've got AD and LeBron obviously playing tonight. Obviously, by the time you guys watched it, he would have already played. Them two would have already played. So everyone's coming back to normal. So we decided to do an episode today to basically dive into our top 20 players the eyes on the ball top 20 players of the season or going into the season um yes obviously our list is more level-headed than espn's list we're gonna have better better conversations we're gonna have good conversations but before that happens we obviously have to introduce the guys that you know already our go-to guys we've got id from the rundown pod what are you saying id i'm blessed bros i'm blessed thank you for having me on again Always a pleasure, always a pleasure, man. No worries, they are no worries. Married, they are and then we've obviously got James from The Zone. What are you saying, James? Uh, thanks for having me, man. Congrats on the 100 as well. Everyone yeah, likes yeah. subscribing. Fair, mate. It, bro. You've even done it for me, man. 100 subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> Great to join the 100 club. 100 caps. We deserve, we, actually, we don't deserve anything. We're just getting started, man. Just like everyone else. <laughs> Yo, juicy, I'm in a battle like Vidic. Yeah, man, I got 90 minutes. I got my eye on the ball, but I see red on my right, no Kimmich. But if you reach his pocket, I'm gonna see cards from Dean. That's a one match ban from leagues, so I can't ride out for the team. So I can't ride out for the team. If they ask me who the goal is, I gotta say Nicholas Bentner. I know I'm just joking, everyone knows that Messi is better. I'm tryna get my sterling up in this city, so see we play. As soon as my child can walk, it's straight project Mbappé. Bun all the verbal, as soon as I hear that whistle, we get straight to the action. Come on, lads, where's the passion? Do like Alamat we wear headbands for the fashion. If the defenders drop back, we counter and then attack them. I got my eye on the ball, I got my eye on the ball, yeah. Uh, I got my eye on the ball. Uh, I got my eye on the ball. Yeah, I got my eye on the ball. I got my eye on the ball. Man, we're just we keep grinding, trust keep me, grinding, working our way to the top, man. But yeah, cool. Let's get straight into it. Um, what I'll do is I'm gonna share the screen now, and um, I'll basically nice show you nice from off the bat, off the pat, off the bat, and then I'll basically show you what we've got. For our top 20. Can everyone see that, yeah? Yep. Yep. All right, then, perfect. Cool. So, obviously, you got there our honourable mentions. you got Brandon Ingram. you got Devin Booker. And we got Jamal mm-hmm. Murray. I'll go straight to ID first. What do you think about that? Because, obviously, we had to come to a consensus. So, it was between me, Darren, and one of our writers, um, Nadine. And, obviously, it would kind of phrase Wait, Daniel. Man. Go Quick, ahead. What, you can't uh, zoom in? What, you can't see? No, I can't zoom in still. It takes it as what the screen is, in it? It's calm, in the, yeah, it's calm, it's calm, it's calm. But go on, carry on. Yeah, when I do everything, I'll zoom in, in it. But oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so Brandon Ingram, Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, obviously we had some disagreements, me and Darren as well, but we had to come to some sort of consensus. So this is the time to argue everything. So what do you think? Adi, what do you think? Honourable mentions. Have you forgotten anyone? Have we put the wrong guys in it? What are you thinking? Mm, mm, mm. See, it's a, it's an interesting list. It's an interesting list. Um, 
I would like to believe. I would like to believe. Hold on, let me just take a quick look. <laughs> KD, Giannis, Steph. I mean, you got all the you got all the usual suspects, to be honest. So you can't really argue with a lot apart from I'd say actually yeah, let's what stands up. what stands out to you what's that do you know what what stands out to you what is the thing what that stands out to me is nuts as in we got wrong all right cool i'd say paul george being in the top 20 is wrong in my opinion yeah. that guy has not proven himself to be anything more than uh declining three and d that's what he's proven himself to be in recent time. I'm not saying that's his actual ability, but I'm saying yeah. from what he's shown us from last season, that's what he's looking like. Mm. But you can put some of that down to Doc Rivers coaching potentially. You could put that down to, I don't know, the team maybe not gelling fully, them not having a proper floor general, a point guard, uh, what's it, dictating the play, all of that. So, you know, you could put it down to a, a number of reasons. But at the end of the day, is he not, uh, what's it, all-star, cover athlete for 2K, uh, just, just recently signed a Supermax extension, making him one of the highest paid players in the league. So all of that is really worse, to be honest. Like, this guy should really be doing a lot better than what he was doing last season, hitting the side of the backboard and all of that stuff, <laughs> pandemic P, all of that good stuff there. So to me, you cannot put him... You cannot put him above Bradley Bill. Even though Bradley Bill was at a terrible or is at a terrible organization, um, you can't tell me that he played better than uh, Bradley Bill at any point in the season. Oh, interesting. Boss. Darren, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think, yeah, no, I like I like I like what ID said. I just and I agree with most of what he said. I just agree, disagree with uh, his conclusion. Um this I, I called it even before um like he melted down. I said Paul George can't be trusted in it. But you, you still have to look at his skill set. Like, it's tough to say he's not a top 20 guy, top 20 guy in the NBA. He just signed a Supermax deal. It's hard to say he's not a top 20 guy in the NBA. He was still um, top three in MVP a couple years ago. Um, in the playoffs, he's come up small multiple years in a row. But, um, yeah, man, I still think he's a top 20 guy. In terms of um, him being above Bradley Bill, um, I think he, because it's going into this season, isn't it? Obviously, Paul George is a better defender. Um, I feel like his team's going to be more successful. His resume is still better. Um, Bradley Bill had a big time season, um, but, you know, I, I, I still wouldn't put him above Paul George based on last season. You know, he was getting buckets on a bad team. But um, now that he's got Russ, listen, Bradley Bill can make his way up the list, man. He is um, a budding superstar. All I'm yeah. saying is, I'd knock off Paul George, shift everyone up the spot, and put Devin Booker there. That's what I would do. You're taking Devin Booker over Paul George? Yes. Really? Do you know what? I think I think it's... Do you know why I think it's a bit harsh? It's because what you need to remember is that, look, Paul George has the capability... This is what you need to ask yourself, isn't it? Can Paul George win the MVP? Yes, I think he can. On his on on his season, not on his day, on his season. Like, look, at the end of the day, he he, he was talking about, oh, I'm trying to get back to my MVP year, as if he won the MVP. Obviously, he didn't he didn't win the MVP, but he finished third. And bro, he played well that year. I think he averaged about 28 that year, and that was yeah, playing. He's hitting bare game winners and that. As bro, well. he was clutch. He was he was proving himself. And look, 
Paul George is still a big time wing. Like, you know, when you talk about there's Whoa, a reason why the three. there's a reason why the Clippers were put to win the league as in I mean to win the chip, like to blitz the chip against the competition. And that's because they had Paul George and Kawhi, two of the top three wings in the league. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think it will be it's it's a bit of an injustice. And remember, I criticize fam, me and Darren always criticize Paul George. We, we laugh, everyone's laughed about him, but you have to remember that. This guy is still a top, top performer. Without playing that many games last year, he, he averaged 21 points per game. I think it was 21, four and six, something like that. So, bro, this guy is a very, very good player for any team that has him. I, I he was hurt throughout the season as well. When he was yeah. Hurt. I think if, if, I was being, if I'm being harsh, I don't think he deserves the money. But with the way the NBA goes, he's at that, like... You know that level. that level, yeah, where you have to give him that money. Do you get what I'm saying? Especially considering how much they gave up for him. Like there was no way they could afford to let him go. Do you know that's what I'm the saying? thing. They had to pay him. They absolutely had to. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that they had to pay him because they have their future on him. If, if, if I'm to ask you a question, though, have to give if I'm to ask you a question though, if right. I'm to ask you a question, because obviously you need to remember that we've seen Paul George do it even in the playoffs. It's just that he had to run into LeBron, bro. That Paul George Indiana team under Vogel back in the day, that was a very very good team. There was even a year, I believe they should have got to the finals where they took the Cavs to seven games in the playoffs. They should have got to the finals with that team. And obviously, they just didn't, they, they weren't able to do it. Um, yeah, but that was Paul George a pass, though. Of course, of course. But then now I'm looking at it now, from what you've seen of Paul George and from what you've seen of Bradley Bill, who do you think has the ability, like, especially when you know that Paul George has been there, who do you think can still take it up a notch as well and add to their game in the playoffs? Do you think it's Bradley Bill? Bradley Bill still has a much, he has much more to give. Because the thing is, for one, Bradley Bill, he's a lights out shoot, like that guy can shoot at the gym, bro. He can get to the basket at will. And also, he is no slouch from the fence. Now, everybody knows that Paul George, he has all these capabilities. But for one, I'm pretty sure Bradley Bill is, am, am I wrong? Is he younger? He might be a bit younger. No, he's younger. Um, younger yeah. Exactly. So he still has, in my opinion, he still has room to grow. And the thing is, Bradley Bill, he's been, he's hungry. For me personally, Paul George doesn't have the, he doesn't have the mental toughness for it anymore. From the time yeah. when he was screaming that that wasn't a, what's it, championship or bus season, I don't think he has, the mindset isn't correct. That's not a championship mindset. You need yeah. to have a championship mindset every single season, whether or not your team is built for it or not. Mm, and nah, to me, that team right there, it wasn't perfect, but it was built for a championship run. And mm. for him to still say, oh, maybe next season, essentially, it's not right. Not for a player of his standard, not for a team of that standard. And to me, Bradley Bill, even at the Washington Wizards, who to this day, well, not to this day, because they just picked up um, Russell Westbrook, but just before, they still suck. And he was still trying to go and do his thing there with the mental toughness that he had. You can't tell me that he doesn't have more to give than PG with the excuse after excuse after excuse about his And no, 100%, I totally agree with you. But obviously, again, it's not even me playing devil's advocate because I genuinely do believe Paul George has more to give than Bradley Bill. And that's based off the fact that, look, as much as you say that Bradley Bill had a great season, that Bradley Bill season is him at his peak. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't think Bradley Bill gets any better than what he showed last year. I think what happens is you put him on a better team and then obviously his numbers look better. That's why he didn't get an all he didn't get um selected for the all-star game because he was playing on a kind of team that was play, doing bad. And I think he had to be in playoff contention to get to become an all-star with the numbers that he had, even though I think it was unfair. But what Bradley Bill gave, essentially, what I'm saying is, and obviously Darren, you can go after me, is that 
he basically showed us his peak. And that season, uh, what, he averaged 32? He averaged 32? I believe last when, year. When? MVP? No, 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 last year, Bradley Bill. What did he average? I bet. 30, yeah. he averaged 30 points. That's his peak for me. I don't think he gets any higher or any better than what he showed to me last year. But Paul George, like Paul George, even in the regular season, kind of was a bit like, kind of was a bit reserved and kind of a bit laid back. But now he knows the stakes. Bro, these men want to win a chip. These men don't want to be remembered as another um, selection of players in the Clippers franchise that weren't able to get the job done. Bro, remember that the Clippers didn't even get to the Western Conference final, let alone the NBA finals. Like, do you get what I'm saying? So they're playing with a chip on their shoulders. And it, I think it even works better in their favour, the fact that they're underdogs as well going into the season. Because everyone's forgetting about the Clippers. When you look at the guys that they're predicting to win the chip, they're saying the Lakers, they're even putting the Bucks back into contention again. Then you've got to remember the, the Nets. They're saying KD, Kyrie. And then people are saying don't sleep on the Heat because the Heat got to the finals originally. Obviously, yeah, fair enough. I would still put the Clippers over the Heat. But at the end of the day, if we look at the evidence, the evidence sheet, you have to go with the Heat over the, the Clippers based on the fact that the Heat are in the East, they've got an easier route, blah, 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 all of this. So essentially what I'm saying is with Paul George's skill set, when you're building a player, are you building Paul George or are you building Bradley Bill? Bro, you're building Paul George because Paul George, 100% you're building Paul George. Paul George is more than a 3 and D guy, ID fam. He's a guy with the skill set to guard the opposing team's best player and still put up the most numbers on both teams. Like, did you do that in the playoffs? I'm not disputing that. You're, but you, what you need to understand is, I'm saying, be a visionary with it. One guy has shown you his peak level and another guy who has shown you his peak level hasn't reached those levels, but is saying that he he, he can get there. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm and saying can work his there. Peak level, but have we even seen being in the playoffs to have even seen as what his true peak should be? Before his injury. That's, that's, that's when think, a player reaches their true peak when they touch playoffs. I think, I think before, not, not peak, everyone though. But not that's, that, that's, where we de- that's where we determine exactly. what kind of player you are. And I think um, now, Bradley Bill has the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Yeah, what I'd say is, um, Paul George, I think, is the, is the better player. Like, as far as resume, skill set, um, what he does on the defensive end as well. Uh, I think he's a better player. But I think ID made some good arguments about Bradley Bill. Because Paul George, the issue with Paul George is the as you said, the mental aspect and then the intangibles. Um, but I think that, like, we can say that's an issue also Kawhi. Because Kawhi last year, he didn't show leadership. Uh, man was um, like basically turned out to practice whenever he wanted, playing games whenever he wanted. Do you know what I'm saying? But but we know that he's going to be better because that that's something that he can improve on. I think the skill set when you look at Kawhi and Paul George, like the, those guys' skill set, bro, it's... it's as Daniel said, from the two of the best free wings in the league, Bradley Bill. Um, I love Bradley Bill, but I think he's still got got a way to go in terms of proving himself. Like he averaged a lo- lots of points on a bad team. Like it's, it's, it's that still doesn't tell us where he is in terms of can he be the best player on the championship team. And at the end of the saying? day, let's I don't think it. I don't think Bradley Bill can be the best player on the championship. Yeah, like I, I just think it's, it's it's a bit dangerous to go off of. Um, a player's ability based on the best season he's having. Do you get what I'm saying? It's dangerous to do that. Like you're, because a lot of what you're basing off of Bradley Bill, if I'm being correct, correct me if I'm wrong, is based on the season that he just had. And a lot of what you're basing off what you've seen of Paul George is also based on the season what you just had, or the season that he just had. And if you're gonna say that Paul George has never shown us what you can do in the playoffs, bro, Bradley Bill hasn't either. 
Like, do you get what I'm saying? So you can't then tell me that um, you're saying Bradley Bill should be above Paul George because you believe Bradley Bill will be better in the playoffs. But Paul George pre-injury, we've seen the guy be good in the playoffs. It's just that now he's trying to work his way back. And I think personally, he's not been in the ideal situation to perform in the in the in the playoffs. Of course, it's an excuse. I know it's an excuse, but yeah, I'm trying. Hold on, hold on. I'm I'm trying to say it in terms of like, cool. If we want to take his word for it, bro, he said he was injured for two years in the playoffs. Do you get what I'm saying? He said he was injured. And then on top of that, he's playing with a Westbrook guy who also is trying to prove himself in the playoffs. You put two guys who are trying to put prove themselves in the playoffs. It doesn't necessarily, especially when they're both the superstars on a certain team, it doesn't always go well. Do you get what I'm saying? You put Harden and Westbrook together. They're trying to prove themselves in the playoffs. Two superstars. It doesn't go well. Like when you put two guys who are trying to prove themselves in the playoffs together, it doesn't go well. And it's been proven time and time again. There needs to be that balance. That's why we believe the Kawhi, Paul George dynamic would have worked perfectly. And obviously it didn't. That's why I'm saying going into this season, I think he, he, he will rise to the occasion, man. Yeah, I think it's about continuity as well. Just, about, um, just increase your volume a bit. My volume's low. Yeah, just a bit. Um, you man carry on in the last order. But yeah, I do respond to that. Bro, let me let me just quick rebuttal on what you were saying about Bradley Bill. Um, and how I was basing basically my, my opinion on Bradley Bill isn't based off this last season but you were correct in saying that my opinion on Paul George was in a way but let me let me build on that a little bit more because Bradley Bill Bradley Bill has dropped 20 plus points this season for the past four seasons he averaged like 22, 24 about 20 I think about 24 again and then obviously in this past season he's averaged again 30 so now Bradley Bill has proven during the regular season he can score. Even we did say it was a, a poor organization, but yeah. can't we say the same about Paul George when he was averaging high points at the paces? Was that not not the great greatest organization at the time as well? But he was doing well, but you're using that in your argument. So can we not also conversely use that in the argument um, in favor of Bradley Bill? Yeah. That's just something to point out there. So now, like we said, Paul George. He's proven in the playoffs once before that he can do pretty well and he proved it with the Pacers. But did he prove it at OKC? Did he prove it at the Clippers? You can't really say he did. Now, Bradley Bill, he hasn't yet touched the playoffs. So, yes, this is very much me saying it prospectively. Your, uh, what's it, your volume's still very loud, bro. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so a younger Bradley Bill still hasn't had the opportunity to prove himself in the playoffs just yet. So, me, yes, I'm very much speaking from a place of what he could offer. Mm. But you can't tell me that, uh, what's it, a guy in Paul George and Bradley Bill, both in similar situations in terms of points in their career, in terms of Paul George starting up a not very good organisation, Bradley Bill in a very similar boat, and similar trajectories as well, um, in terms of getting into better situations as their careers progressed. Bradley Bill, in my opinion, in terms of scoring, offers a lot more than Paul George does. But Paul George, as a more complete package, probably offers more than Bradley Bill does. But as we all know in today's NBA, what do really, people really pay more attention to? They pay more attention to offense and what you can offer a team. And Bradley Bill, in the system that the what's it that the Wizards are going to play, they won't really need him to play as much defense in that regard. 
they'll probably stick Westbrook on him because Westbrook is a bouncing ball of energy that will go and defend other teams. Best player anyway. So that's probably the dynamic that they're going to go with in that regard um, anyway. And they've also got other pieces. I think they uh, picked up again Bertans. Is he still at the Wizards? Great shooter in Bertans. And they've got other pieces surrounding them. So, you know, they've got players there. They've got players there. Now, do the Wizards still need some work? Yes, they do. But I digress. This is about Bradley Beal. Before- uh, Bradley Beal... Go on, oh, go on. No, no, go on, go on. Finish up, finish up. Yeah, I was going to say that Bradley Bill, in my opinion, where or where a player shows their true values in the playoffs, and I think this is the first season that the Wizards actually have decent chance of maybe making the playoffs compared to past How's seasons. How's my anyway. sound, man? Though? How's my sound? Better, bro. Almost. It's better, yeah. It's better. It's yeah, better. I'll, I'll just have to firm it, man. Yeah, my mic is acting up. Yeah, we um, can. But let's, let's go back to the list, innit? Let's go bottom to top, innit? Yeah, calm. Just a last point on that, and I, I I get what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying, but I just think it's a bit unfair to resign Paul George to the playoff bus list, especially when he's still in his prime. He's just got his bag, and this is now where we can judge him this season, where we can see whether or not he's he's up to the standard. And I'd rather put someone who I know has been there and is trying to prove himself than someone who's still yet to show himself in the playoffs, do you get what I'm saying? So that's what it comes down to, man. But yeah, I have, I have a question for you, man. This one should be very interesting, yeah. Um, who that Whose name that is not on the list would you move into the list? So um, obviously we've got um, three guys that could potentially move into the list, Ingram, Booker, Murray. But who's one guy that you guys believe um, should or could should be basically um in the top 20. James will come to you. James will come to you first. Okay. Um to be honest, it's kind of he's in the honorable mentions, but I'll say Devin Booker. I'll say Devin Booker. I think the only thing it's kind of like he hasn't been to the playoffs, so he hasn't really been able to show himself on that main stage. So I feel Devin Booker you, deserves it. Who would you take out though? I'll take out Bradley Bill. Really? I'll take out Bradley Will because nah. I feel it's kind of like I feel for what he offers offensively, I feel like you can get that with D Book as well. D Book, yeah. So, and I think he's going to have a much better chance of getting to the playoffs this year than Bradley Bill will have because I feel as good as Westbrook is, you're not getting a Chris Paul. Someone and it comes down, to, it comes down to the point that I was trying to make to you, man, about when your one-two punch is a blend of experience and talent you're going to get the best out of that yeah. one-two punch rather than having a one-two punch of two guys with talent, but and two guys with- And different skill sets as well. Different, different skill sets, sets yeah. of course, but when it's two guys that have so much to prove, it's not always going to be the best the best outcome. Look, Westbrook and Bill, look, they complement each other, but at the same time, Brooke, they have two guys that still need to prove themselves in the playoffs. Westbrook has been around the league, but he hasn't done anything in the playoffs, especially since KD has left. But when yeah. you've got a one-two punch of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, that's literally a match made in heaven when it comes to a backcourt. Do you get what I'm saying? Got the and Westbrook's too much like Westbrook's too like that. Whoever he's with, he always it's like he has to be the alpha all the time. And I think sometimes that doesn't always work in a team. It's yeah. like I like how KD and Kyrie are doing it. It's very much this is our team. We're just gonna flow. We're gonna play together. I mean, we'll it. see about them, man. Yeah, them it seems healthy. happy families at the moment, so hopefully it stays like that. But I have so much admiration for Devin Booker as a player. I think he is someone that is really. He just needs. That's the thing. He just needs a Chris Paul. He just needs someone else to help him. The yeah. Suns team, like before Chris Paul came, it's like 
you just didn't know when they were going to really make that jump. Like you have DeAndre Ayton, you have like, you had Kelly Oubre and things like that. And it, it was an okay team, but then they weren't going anywhere. With Chris Paul, you've shown what he, you've shown what he did with OKC. He can take young players and that's what you need. You need that kind of leader that can come in and show you, especially someone that's respected. It's 10 times different when it's a vet that everyone respects. It's just going to help because he was a part of, Chris Paul was like the Kobe era, all that kind of stuff. So that's- One of the best floor generals ever. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, yeah and now so, you now you put him on a you put him on a team that's better than what he had at OKC, like it's literally an upgrade. So yeah, man. What about you, ID? What do you think? What do you think should be changed? Listen, I, I gave I gave my thing like Paul George. No, yeah, you said you on. put Devin Booker in, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love the guy, but I would knock him out and then put Booker in there. Not Paul George out. That's a, yes, bro. That's yes, harsh. Bro. That is mad. Man, we, had a, we had a long, we had a long conversation. I, I have an agenda one, against man. him, so I know it's harsh. I, I know it's harsh, but I have an agenda. No, Paul George, Paul George plays right. D. I'm not throwing out someone that plays D. All right, then the question to you, man, then is... No, Daniel, what's yours? And then I'll give mine, in it? The guy that you would oh, potentially the, uh, move in. So I'll answer the question. Who yeah, would yeah, I move yeah. in? I'm fine with the list. Uh, let's just say we had an extra spot. Do you know what I mean? Who would you put? In that twenty oh, first, if you had an extra spot, you know what I mean, or something like that. It's, it's easy. It's Devin Booker. I think what what gives Devin Booker the edge is look, Ingram. He was an all star um, the previous year. Jamal, Jamal Murray. He had a breakout playoffs where he could yeah. make that. Jamal step. Murray needs some love. No, no, of Jamal course, he does. Of course he does. Of course he does, and he can make that step into the to the um, all star category and whatnot. However, yeah, when you look at Devin Booker. He's someone that's just needed a team. He's needed a good team around him to be successful. And because this guy's been putting up numbers every single year, but his numbers yep. have always been in vain. Like, do you get what I'm saying? He's not been given the opportunity. Look at what he did for the Suns team in the in the, in the the lockdown period. The re- obviously, there's been a number of factors as to where the Suns did well in lockdown when they were pushing for um, um, a playoff spot. But the number one reason is Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the main man when it comes to talent on that team. And now he has a guy with the IQ of Chris Paul to make plays. Game winner on the Clippers was nasty, fam. It was literally nasty. So, bro, crazy. You've gone down again in volume still. But, fam, Devin Booker is just a, is just a, is a, is a talent, to say the least. And I think he's number one when it comes to the guys we put in the, the honourable mention list. What about you, bro? Is my thing still mad low or what? Yeah, I guess it's firmable, innit? It is low, but it's firmable. Yeah. <laughs> Just try to speak up, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to. Um, I'll go with Brandon Ingram, man. For me, Brandon Ingram is one of the, the most unique players in the league. Um, the way that he's improved every year is actually crazy. If you look at um, his numbers and his... Just the way he looks on the court. Um, this preseason, boy, in, in these last couple of games, he has been looking nasty. I know everyone wants to big up Zion, say Zion's going to be the face of the league. But listen, Brandon Ingram is the best player on that team. For me, Brandon Ingram is one of the most uh, deadly scorers in the game. I believe that. That guy's mid-range game is basically unstoppable. He can guard anybody. Um, He attacks the basket well. For me, um, yeah, man. uh, Because they got a nice little team. Obviously, maybe the fit is questionable, but Brandon Ingram's going to score no matter who you put around him. And I feel like, um, yeah, man, just the unique aspect to his game. Uh, uh, he'd be the guy I'd move up. Yeah. No, I totally get that, man. But yeah, in terms of the list as a whole, though, the thing that I wanted to ask, especially, we'll come to you again, ID, is that 
do you think that, especially being the rookie of the year when he was rookie of the year, Ben Simmons, do you think he has really pushed on since winning that award? Do you think 19 at this stage in his career is a very good thing? Do you think it's bad? Do you think he should be higher? Yeah. Is he underachieving? Is he overachieving or is he where he should be? Because if you look at if you look at mainstream America, bro, they're they're saying he's a jump shot away from bringing LeBron. Yeah. And that is that is not that is not little praise. That is heavy hitting stuff. You're basically saying he's a jump shot away from winning a chip. That's what you're basically saying. So what do you think? Um me personally, um I'm I'm of the I'm of the inclination that the guys had a very, very long time to fix his jumper shot. I've said that on my pod. I've said that on Twitter. I've said it all over the gap. For me, it seems like he doesn't want to fix his jump shot because he's had a very long time to do it. <laughs> um, many other players have fixed their jump shots. You've seen Brook Lopez do it. You've seen Giannis starting to do it. You've seen Lonzo do it. You've seen enough people. You've seen enough people fix their jump shot and Ben Simmons still hasn't done it. So, for me, I'm, I'm very much questioning why he hasn't done it, why it's taking so long. Um... And it's made me, it, it, and it, it's feeding into my opinion of, um, you know, him reaching his peak and him being one of the top players in the league. Because to me, again, I've I spoken about mindset with Paul George. I'll speak about it again with Ben Simmons. Are you really trying to hit the top level of the game if you aren't trying to expand your game each mm. year that you're in the league? If you aren't trying to, you know, level up? Because you've said it. People have said he's one of the best players in the So why won't you do it? All it takes is one off season or two. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. They have enough top tier coaches to be able to do it. And if that's what it takes to get your team from one stage to the next, you should want to take that, um, you know, that step, that leap. Because the 76ers, they have been, they were literally a shot away from making the finals. It was it two years ago? Yeah. They were shot. Was it for the Eastern finals or was it the NBA? I can't remember. But they were shot away from making a final or one shot away. Eastern conference finals. And yeah. That's yeah, it was the Eastern Conference finals. So yeah. Ben Simmons, yeah. So Ben Simmons is the difference. He that jump shot was the difference for them in that particular series. So, boy, Ben Simmons, ah, uh, he he needs to take that leap and he needs to take it soon. Yeah, James, if, you... if he was the man, uh, I think with Ben Simmons, I think for the age he's at, he's a very, he's still very young. He still is very young. It's like. I think he's doing great for his age. I think he's the thing is to get compared to LeBron, you have to be something special. Not everyone gets compared to LeBron. So he has shown already with his passing, with his rebounding, with his defending, even the way he slashes, he is a very good player. I think it's a bit unfair to say he needs to get that jump shot just yet because I feel he's very effective, but I think it depends where he's playing. I think if he plays with someone else that can have that winning shot, like how LeBron has a Kyrie, I think if he was playing with like a straight out sniper that is lights out, I think that will help benefit Ben Simmons a lot. I think because he doesn't have the three, he can't lead a team by himself because that's always going to be his... It's like Giannis. Giannis can't hit the three incredibly yet, so that's why they get found out. I think Ben Simmons is in that same kind of realm where... He does need to lead a team by himself. He needs to find that three. But I think right now, what he's doing is great. And I think as time goes on, he'll get there. 
it's weird because I'm on two sides. I'm on both sides of the argument. On one side, and it's something that interesting that you said. I said um, that obviously you were talking about Ben Simmons not not needing to show that free. But when you look at the LeBron and the Kyrie tandem, the one-two punch with LeBron and Kyrie, like that was at a time where people were saying LeBron didn't really have a mid-range game and stuff like that. He couldn't shoot the free very well. Like he needed yeah. to drive to the paint and stuff like that. But what LeBron was able to do was he was able to prove his doubt is wrong. Like no one yeah. now will dare come out and say LeBron don't have a mid-range game. And LeBron has not arguably has improved as a three-point um, shooter. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. like, fam, LeBron's even joining in the conversation with Lillard and Curry about logo yeah, LeBron, I'm... fam. You get? Nah, my sound right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. better still. But oh. no, nah, in all in all seriousness, so like, this Ben Simmons thing. I think what he needs to do is, even though he doesn't shoot it, cause like at a high volume, he should still be shooting it, bro. He should be taking two to three or even four to five jumpers a game. Like, that's 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 calm. That's more than... Yeah. But then on the other side of the argument, why I understand and I even agree with you in terms of him not needing to be able to shoot it yet, it's because it's something that KP said, and I don't really listen to Kendrick Perkins that much because I think he kind of waffles on. Yeah, but yeah. something key that he said was, Ben Simmons doesn't need to shoot the three. A lot of it is down to the coaches and he's blaming the coaches because of the plays that they run for the team that is that the team that they're with. When you look at the Celtics team, what he said is that the Celtics team, obviously, yes, they had Ray, Ray Allen, one of the best shooters, but they didn't have a lot of shooting outside shoot. To be fair, Paul Pierce was a good shooter as well, but they didn't have an abundance of outside shooting. And what they did when, especially with Rondo, who did not shoot, what they did was they managed to make sets and plays. And Doc Rivers was in charge of that team. Let's not forget that. They managed to make sets and plays for Rondo to get the shots that he wanted to get. Yes, fair enough, you can say the Celtics are a better constructed team than this Philly team. However, the Philly team, is still they've still got Embiid, who's a top, top centre in the league. Top two, I'd say. Top two if you don't want to put AD in, in the centre category. You've still got um, Matisse Thybul, who's one of the best defensive guards in the, in, in the league. He's proven himself to be like a Robert Covington type player, mm. and I really like him a lot. And you you got Seth Curry, which is a very very big pickup. He was a he was one of the best shoot, three point shooting players in the league last year. So he's still a top player in the league. So look, they've got they've got a good enough roster to to to, to do good things. And I just want to see Doc Rivers take Ben Simmons' game to another level, whether it be him adding more shots to his game or whether it be him increasing his scoring output. Because for his size and his build, bro, eighteen points a night is not good enough for me. He needs to mm. get way more than that. Yeah, I disagree with that. That last point that you just made right there, I disagree. Um, because Rondo, bro, uh, the, the example you brought up, Rondo was never a prolific scorer. But when it came to the playoffs, when it came to big games, you don't question his value. You know what I'm saying? I think Ben Simmons, does, his value doesn't need to be on the scoring end. Um, he can still give you 18, 19 and night, hopefully 20. And um, be a, the best defender on the court, the best playmaker on the court one of the best rebounders on the court at all times. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, the scoring aspect, I don't think it has to be um, like 25 a game or something like that. I don't think, because look at Jokic. Jokic is one of the most valuable players in the league and he's a 20-point scorer. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, However, I, see... I, th I think, do you know what I'm saying? The thing for me is the difference is between a guy like Jokic, a guy like Rondo and a guy like Ben Simmons is, look, when you look at Rod Rondo and Ben Simmons, what I'm looking at is builds. I'm looking at what, what kind of player this guy is. 
Ben Simmons is six foot ten. He's one of the strongest guys in the league. He's one of the best defenders in the league. He's one of the best passers in the league. One of the best rebounders in the league when it comes to his position. So he should be doing way more when it comes to the offensive side of things, in my opinion, because of his skill set. I'm not saying he can't have what you're talking about and have that value. However, I'm saying, why isn't there the capability for him to expand his game, like AD, like ID was mentioning, expand his game on the offensive side of things? And that's especially, or that's heightened by the skill set that he has. He is such a skilled player that he should be getting. Like Rondo doesn't have a six. If Rondo was six, like they say to they say to a lot of guys, if Chris Paul was six 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 seven, he'd probably be one of the greatest put, yeah. point guard forwards we've ever seen. Do you get what I'm saying? Simmons has that build, so he needs to use the build to its full potential. In my opinion, in it, even give Chris Paul six three. Give him six three. Guaranteed. Say that again. Say that again. I think you lagged out. Give him six free and he's patting. Give Chris Paul six free. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I just feel like he can still be the best player in the court while averaging 20 a game. Like maybe he, he, I hear what you're saying about like maybe his, his ceiling is averaging 25 a game, but I don't think he needs to do that in order for us to see the best Ben Simmons. Um, I think. Bringing in Doc was key because obviously he's had success with Rondo. The stuff that Perk was mentioning actually made sense because um, the Lakers did it, bro. You can run screen and rolls with a guy that can't shoot. They'll try and go under, but then if a guy knows they're going to go under my screens, he has to obviously take the jump shot here and there, but it, that gives him a lane to drive into the paint and find shooters. Um, you mentioned Seth Curry, one of the best shooters in the league. The guy has, I think he has the best percentage in NBA history behind that Steve Kerr. So you, you picked up a guy like that. You picked up Danny Green. You're moving to bias back to the four, which is his better position. The floor is going to be spaced. Um, pick and rolls with him and Embiid with a spaced floor. I believe that could be deadly. Um, and yeah, man, I think we'll see a better version of Ben Simmons. Um, I think now that the shoot, he's surrounded by shooting, um, hopefully Doc Rivers gets them guys cutting around him. And then, um, yeah, man, I think I definitely think uh, he'll have a big year this year. I don't know if you man heard as well that um, he's moving in with Embiid this season to develop the chemistry and that <laughs> they're literally yeah. gonna live together this season. So um, yeah, that's gonna be an interesting dynamic as well. If but. you man play two K, you know that there's. If you man play two K, you know that there's a weird Ben Simmons storyline where he gives like his cat to, yeah. to the rookie and stuff like that <laughs> but anyway um what do you guys think about because this was something that caused a lot of issues in, in in a group chat that i'm in but what do you think about the difference in position between ad and james harden do you think ad is that much better than harden even though it is still close do you think harden is above ad what do you think about that will you agree with that yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm happy with it. I think, I think Anthony Davis. I think this player, this the most recent playoffs really helped confirm what a lot of people thought about him in terms of showing how he is a star player and how he is someone that you can trust with your franchise. Mm. I think I haven't got that same trust for James Harden, especially in the playoffs. I know regular season you're going to drop 45 a game I know you're going to do this and that but what are you going to do in the crunch times in the playoffs what are you going to do when yeah. faced with adversity and I don't get that comfortability in James Harden whereas Anthony Davis 
has defended. He's scored. He's put the Lakers on his back at times. He's he's done so much Did of a load, like take the lift, take the um the heat off LeBron. And I think for him to do that, I would feel confident with this Lakers team even after LeBron goes because of Anthony Davis's playoffs. Mm, Darren, obviously you're big on AD as well. Just like remind us why you think AD is that much better than Harden. Of course, Harden is still a quality player, and that's why they're both in the top ten. But why is AD like better than Harden, basically? The, the, the crazy thing is, yeah, I think like if you know basketball and you know, obviously, offense is what people tune in for. But when you're talking about value, what you provide on defense is just as valuable as what you provide on offense. Do you know what I mean? And Anthony Davis, I believe he's, a, even though people understand how good he is on B, I still believe he's underrated. Anthony Davis, for me, is clearly the best defensive player in the NBA. He can guard anybody that you put on the court, whether it's your point guard, whether it's your center, a wing, he can guard anybody, at, while being one of the best rim protectors in the league. I don't think there's anyone in NBA history that you, you can say that about. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's just talking about what he provides you on, on D. That when you move to offense, um, before this season, he was uh, he had the highest points per game in playoff history. I think uh, maybe second to Michael Jordan, maybe even number one. Obviously, now that they um, went through a deep playoff run, he got to the finals, he's dropped down to like five or six. But that's still very impressive, bro. Like, the guys are... You don't get big men that give you that kind of production. Um, and the way that he goes about it as well is key. Um, people love to call Kawhi the mid-range killer, but AD is a better mid-range shooter than Kawhi. The, yeah. the difference is that Kawhi gets his shit off the dribble. AD, if it's a catch and shoot or off a jab step, AD is one of the most lethal mid-range shooters in the league. Um, we saw him um, prove that he can um, stretch it out to the three-point line in the playoffs as well, hit the game winner against the Nuggets. Uh, and we already know he's one of the um, most deadly guys when it comes to attacking the rim. Uh, so, um, yeah, man, I just think people... It, it's what um, James said. What he um, did this year just validated um, the people that believed in him. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, man, for me, he's, what again, one of the most, if not the most unique player in the league. Uh, I think that another interesting conversation is AD versus Giannis. Because a lot of people will say, what, Giannis is the back-to-back MVP. Um, AD might have done it in the playoffs, but Giannis over 82 games is a more valuable player. How do you guys feel about that? Do you guys think AD is a better player than Giannis? Or do you feel um, you take Giannis? Look, I've already said, before these men come in, I've already said, look, and as much as people want to disagree with it, disagree with it, call it a spicy take or a hot take, if you will, but the Bucks would be in an NBA Finals if they had AD over Giannis. And the reason why I say that is because, mm-hmm. look, at the end of the day, look, Giannis will averages about 28 points per game. AD is a 26-point-per-game um, scorer as well. Like, and in his best season, in the regular season, he averaged 28 as well um, for the Pelicans. So, like, AD has that ability to score. Then now you want to dive into the context of how they get their buckets. Look, at the end of the day, look, I love Giannis. But Giannis gets the majority of his points in the paint. Dunking on guys, floaters, maybe a little post move here and there. Like, that's how he gets his points. That's how he gets his buckets. He doesn't have a mid-range game. He doesn't have a free-point shooting game. AD can hit the three. AD showed us that he can take the final shot in a 
tight, tight game. Do you know what that means? For a big to be able to do that, you you will not dare. If Giannis has the ball, yeah, in the final minutes or the final seconds of a game, you just know you're not winning. There's no way that you're winning. (laughs) No, it's not even to knock it against Giannis. Like, Giannis is a quality player. But he, AD can shoot, like he can shoot. He's got the mid-range game, just like Darren has dived into. And for me, look, AD, how many bigs? Obviously, Giannis is in that conversation. But when you've got a big who will year in, year out, going on from now, be in the MVP conversation and also be in the defensive player of the year conversation, you know that you've got a player on your hands. And I think AD ceiling is to be a MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season as well. He can also do what Giannis did. And then on top of that, I sit all... With a with a chip, and that is his ceiling, in my opinion. Do you get what I'm saying? Doing that, and I w- I would like to see him go out maybe this season or next season and try and dominate and win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Because I honestly think he should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. But I think because of because of all the numbers and the stats around um, basketball and like why they have like they just had to give it to Giannis in it based on the narrative. But look, AD is a top 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 defender, and he's a top offensive weapon. When you're top three defensive players in the league and you're also top seven top eight offensive players in the league bro can you like you're one of the best players to ever play the game when you're in that conversation in 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 your era you're one of the best players to play the game and ad just needs to carry on with what he's doing because he, he's a top player man top top player what about you james uh, yeah with Giannis. This is why I feel regular season awards don't matter. I think they don't help in the slightest. They don't help your rep. I think at the end of the day, with Giannis, he's he's six ten. He's tall. He's gonna get to the basket. I think he's great at getting to the basket and slashing. But at the end of the day, to be a great player, you need more to your skill set. I think that's the big difference between him and AD. Giannis just dunks it. He just dunks it. He's going to Eurostep dunk it. He's going to spin and dunk it. That is it. But if we put up a wall, what are you going to do? And this is the problem. This ain't the first time he's been knocked out of the playoffs. And he he doesn't get to Eastern Conference Finals because all he can do is one thing. He's one way. That's why the regular season, it works. Sometimes teams can take days off. They can be like, all right, cool. You can have that game. Not in the playoffs. Every single game matters. And that's why it's so much harder for Giannis. Same with, that's why I feel he was having that problem with James Harden when they were both saying, oh, what you do, it's not that hard. Because it's for them, they're not locked in. I think they're not locked in. AD is someone he quietly just dominates. He quietly gets better. And that's why it shows in the playoffs. James, what's key as well with what you said is... Fam, a lot of the Bucks, yeah, a lot of what they do is Giannis is maximised because he's playing in transition. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. In the playoffs now, everything is about your half-court offence. What can you do yep. in the half-court when the game has slowed down? Like the tactic on 2K, patient offence, yep. moving the ball. We're seeing the, the, the looks that can be made. It's all about the shooting. It's all about the shooting, especially in this era. Shaq and all these... Um, old timers say it all the time like yeah. every single guy every single guy coming up their sons their kids their nieces nephews whatever they're all trying to be shooters yeah. they're all trying to work on their shooting game and right now there's a tactic which literally stops you bro teams aren't going to do the wall every every game in a regular season you think they have time to be beating the Bucks and it's, it's tiring Bucks, it's tiring bruv like, yeah, we'll see you in the playoffs <laughs> don't worry about you that you know what I'm saying like literally and it's yeah. all about the playoffs and that's why I just think right now and as great a player as he is, like he's capped though. He's capped at that MVP yeah. caliber player, which yeah. is not, it's not it's not a bad place to be capped at. 
if we're honest, it's not. But if he wants to take that like next one of the best players in the league, he just yeah. in the fan. Exactly. And I, I think now that he's been, he's secured his bag with the highest deal in NBA history, I think that's the next thing to do. Just like a bit like Ben Simmons, he just needs to work on that game. ID, what do you think? I think, yeah. yeah. Wait, I hope my audio's calm, by the way. Yeah. Calm. Um, so with uh, Giannis and AD, like, you guys are pretty much hitting the nail on the head. Like, especially what James was saying about Giannis and um, just how he can't go much further than what he's done. Unless he adds that clean, a clean jump shot to his game, you can't go much further than what he's done now. And we've already seen that he started to add a jump shot to his game and it's starting to look, you know, fairly clean. Um, but with AD, he can do so much. We've, we've seen AD, as you said, we've seen him show his ability to guard each and every single player on the floor. We've seen his ability to operate in transition. We've seen his ability to operate when they play in the half-court offense, when, you know, they're playing sets, not just Giannis when he's bombing down the floor, driving and kicking and, you know, like, <laughs> see that time and time again, like, the guy would just dive at you and then you're just like, feck, like, like, what's going on here? So, you know, we've seen, AD can do it no matter what type of offensive style you play, he's very versatile. Giannis, he's not as versatile. Like, you have to very much tailor your team around him to what he's trying to do. With Eddie, you can just slot him in and he's getting to work kind of thing. Um, and also, we've seen that you can give AD the ball at the crucial moments. You can't really do that with Giannis all the time. Because with Giannis, that, when it comes to a crucial moment, he's not really bombing anywhere. He's stuck at the top of the key and then you just have to try and make something happen mm. kind of thing. Um, so with Giannis, we, uh, no, with Giannis, with AD, we saw LeBron gave him the ball. He hit the dagger and the um, shot uh, with the shot against the Nuggets. So it's one of them ones where AD, he, he can do pretty much everything you would want your star player to do. Giannis, don't get me wrong, he can get you points on the board. He can get you, he can get you assists, he can get you rebounds. But can he come up big when you need a player to come up big? And he can't do it all the time. And that's, that's the mark of, you know, of putting a player above another one. That's what a problem was with the Roses, why many people didn't put him in their, you know, top bracket. Because when it came down to it, the Rosen couldn't always get it done for you. You couldn't yeah. get it done for the Raptors. So it was kind of peak, but that's how the chips fell. So, you know. I think there's like a messy Ronaldo kind of thing with Giannis and AD. Because I think where AD, AD's kind of been generational. Like from coming into the NBA, he was at the Olympics. He got taken under under Kobe's wing and he's always got better and better and better. And you've always known that he was going to be the guy. Whereas Giannis has had to work hard. Like in the beginning, no one really cared about Giannis. He was just some skinny tall guy. Yeah. So the fact that he's actually gone, he's, he's really done hard work. But at the end of the day, AD's got it. You either got it or you work hard for it. But I think that is where there's that tiny gap between them. AD's just got it. And like AD's been blessed with this, whereas Giannis is really that's why I think Giannis only knows one way because he worked to make himself strong so that he could get to the paint so that he could be explosive. It's like it's going to take years now for Giannis to get that jump shot because to be honest, it works for him, but it just doesn't work for the team. Exactly. So I think, I think, yeah, he just needs to adjust. It's worked for Giannis, the barrel into the rim, playing in transition, getting all his points in the paint. It's worked. The only time it hasn't worked is in the playoffs. So um, that's yeah. why we see him trying to work on his jump shot. Um, I think him developing a post game can be key as well. He's been trying to do that. But um, yeah, you ain't, you ain't you don't have to be a catch and shoot type guy. 
Like, if your team can go to you in the post late in the game, like, bro, that, that's that's a very good option, especially if you're the best player on the team. I don't know if you might remember um, Lakers, Celtics, LeBron hit the game winning fadeaway against Jalen Brown. Like, you can be, you can make, get buckets late um, through the post. So, um, it's good to see him trying to improve his post play. But, um, yeah, man, I think you guys made all the right points, man. AD just a more complete player. Um, I think Giannis, Giannis is probably still the more dominant player. You know what I'm saying? But AD is more of a, a question. Question to you, Darren, though, and everyone else. Feel free to answer as well. For me, though, when, when if we look at the Bucks, let's just look at focus on the Bucks now. I'm a bit worried, and the reason why I say that is because if we're honest, yeah, yeah, they did get better as a team in terms of the quality that they added. Obviously, Drew Holiday is a is a quality addition. I mean, AD speaks wonders of Drew. KD said he's the best defensive guard in the league so look this is high praise and we have to take it for what the players in the NBA are obviously saying about these guys however when you look at Drew Holiday Giannis and Middleton did the Bucks really address the issue or the problem that they had and the reason why I say no is because obviously flopping that Bogdanovich trade is a big thing like he would have been a scorer a weapon that would have been what they needed and the reason why I say this is because when you look at what they gave up in um, George Hill Jojo had the highest three-point percentage in the league last season. He was an efficient three-point scorer. He, in terms of volume, he took a lot of threes and he was making them. And the reason why I say that's key is because even not only, not only Jojo, just to add to that, Eric Bledsoe was first-team all-defense, one of the best um, guards at attacking the rim. Which yeah. is, do you know what I mean? That's what their team based attacking the rim on D, attacking the rim on offense and threes. And now you use that with Bledsoe. And, and the, th- the thing is, even with the Bledsoe thing, uh, they even allow the Bledsoe thing because Bledsoe in the playoffs has shown time and time again that he just isn't, he just isn't it. Oh, it? bro. Yeah, defensive team, first team all defense. Yeah. You lose a guy like that, you're losing a part of your identity. No, hundreds. And that's where I'm even going because in terms of what they're... Because look, at the end of the day, when they get to the playoffs, they're going to see the wall again. Do you believe the Bucks have built a team... Of course, the trade deadline is still ahead of us, but I don't think there's much they can really do in terms of what they have and in terms of trades that they can make. Do you think that they have addressed the wall situation? When they face the wall again, the current roster that they have, do you think they can win with the roster that they have? I do. Yeah. So do you think with the roster that the Bucks have, do you think they have enough to basically beat the wall? Because that's what they're going to see in the playoffs. No. Um, It's one of them ones where, like, yes, they picked up Drew. Big upgrade on Bledsoe. Um, Yes, they, you know, they've strengthened um, certain places in their team that they need to, but that Bogdanovich miss was a big miss, as you said. They needed they needed enough of a player like that. And I think also one thing that was a big issue for them was Chris Middleton not coming up big when they needed him to. We'll see if he can do that again, if he can manage to do that this season, sorry, but that was another faltering point for them. And as you've mentioned before, it was the just overall team tactics, which was a problem for them. The overall team gameplay, which was relying on Giannis to just break through the middle of their um, defense and then kick it out to whoever was open, basically. So if they can figure out 
you know, an offensive scheme that can, you know, properly get everyone involved without relying on a single tactic, then that's the true mark of whether they'll be able to break down the wall because no matter what they, you know, Giannis, like Giannis is going to go off regardless of what defensive scheme you're going to use against the team. Like he's going to get points on the board. He's going to get you rebounds just because he's big, he's strong. Like it, it's just how it works. But as a Bucks team, will they be able to break it down? It's all down to the offensive sets that they managed to hopefully manage to work. I think that's what it boils down to, really and truly. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, what you said about the scheme is very true because um, they, we know what they're going to do. It's either Giannis is going to the rim or someone shooting a three. And that's that's so easy to defend. That's what defences are built to stop in today's NBA. Um, threes and layups. Everyone, That's what everyone's trying to do and that's what everyone's trying to stop. So if you don't have a guy who can get buckets in the mid-range, then your offense is one dimension. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think the scheme is going to be key. They need to, but that's why I think the Drew Holiday addition is good because you can run pick and rolls with Drew Holiday and Giannis, um, get the big man off Giannis onto Drew and then get Giannis like operating in like three on three on twos, four on threes, that kind of thing. But um, I still think uh, what, what you said about them on offense is the same thing on defense because they were great defensively in the regular season but in the playoffs this it's again the same thing you know the scheme um brooke lopez is dropping back into a drop coverage and then they're gonna um they're gonna contest your corner freeze but they're gonna let you shoot freeze from above the arc you know what i'm saying that's why the miami heat were able to torch them because they were letting duncan robinson hero crowder those guys shoot freeze at the top of the arc um, that you you can't be so easy to, to predictable, scout, man. Predictable. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, it's predictable. You can't you can't expect something to like teams to look at it and say, "Oh, we're gonna try this," even though that's exactly what they're trying to stop. No, we're gonna um, attack your weaknesses. So um, I think Budenholzer is gonna have to do a lot of improving. Um, for me, he's a. He, I know Mo hates him, but I think I still think he's a good coach. But I think he's he's. He needs to make some adjustments. He's in the. Um, that's he's, gonna, he's in. He's in the. I think he's in the. The Brett Brown, um, with the 76ers, the Donovan with the OKC situation. He's in that kind of situation now, where time and time again now he's coming unstuck with the same things happening. Like he's. I think this is last year. Yeah, and literally that's what I'm saying. Like he just needs to show up because obviously Giannis, obviously they secured the bag with Giannis and all of that. But the Bucks organization are gonna know that, fam. They don't want a situation where Giannis asks for a trade because obviously they're gonna feel compelled to do that because they don't want an unhappy superstar and things like that. So we just we just gotta be careful. From me though, um, last question for me in terms of the list. Um, Going in, obviously, let's say the season's all done now. And if we were to do a list for the 2021-2022 season, um, or is that the season we're in now? No, 2020-21. Yeah, so the 2021-2022 season, if we we're going into that season, what player from this li list makes the biggest jump and what position does he jump to? I'll, I'll, set, I'll, set, I'll set the pace. I'll set the pace. For me person who I believe makes the biggest jump, I believe is Tatum. I think Tatum has the capacity to jump into the top 10, maybe be 10th, literally 10th on the dot. And the reason why I say this is because the Celtics, look, since he's entered the league, the Celtics have been there or thereabouts. 
They thought they had the formula with Kyrie. They thought they had the formula bringing in Kemba, but it hasn't really worked. But now I think they're in a situation where their roster is kind of weird, where they've been expecting that big name star to add to the roster, but they've not really, it's not really come off. Gordon Hayward is now gone as well. So they're going to rely heavily, heavily on Tatum. And Tatum is someone who I believe can easily, easily be averaging, what, 28, 29, even maybe on his best season, get the 30 mark. Like, you never know. Tatum is that good of a scorer. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, he can get to that. He can get to those heights, in my opinion, because, bro, he's still, like, what you forget is Tatum is still young. Like, he's a young buck in this league. I think he's had, what, three seasons? Yeah, he's had, like, what, three years in the league? And he's been to two Eastern Conference finals already, two out of his, two out of his three He's been to the playoffs every single year he's been in the league. So, bro, this guy is this guy is going to be a quality, quality player. And to be the main man on a team like the Celtics, like, bro, the sky's the limit for him, especially with the roster he's got around him. He's still got Marcus Smart. He's still got Jalen Brown. Kemba Walker on his day. Of course, Darren is the one who likes to back him. On his day, Kemba Walker is a very, very dangerous guy to have on your team. So you've still got good pieces around you. And then you've got Tristan Thompson, who's, I mean, yeah, he, he goes through spells, but he's got he's a seasoned vet. In this league, a very very good rebounder. He helped, yeah, he helps that team a lot. Like no matter what you say about Tristan and his game, and they've got a good coach. Brad Stevens is still a good coach in this league, and he's gonna he's gonna propel himself to one of the top coaches. I think the the comparisons to Popovich and stuff like that it was a bit premature. But at the end of the day, Brad Stevens is still a quality quality coach, and I think Jason Tatum has the capabilities of getting into the top ten, especially if he can get the Celtics over the buck and if the Celtics get to the NBA Finals I can tell you now for free it will be because of Jason Tatum and if they get to the NBA Finals he will be the same way we've increased Butler's ratings because of how he got the heat to the Finals is the same way I'm going to increase Tatum's rating if he gets the Bucks I mean the Celtics sorry to the NBA Finals James? Um, I'd say Luka Doncic I think by next season, he could be in the number four, number three spot. Because I feel from what we've seen from Luka Doncic already and the fact that he's only going to get better, I think he's going to he's gonna knock on the doors of the Giannis's, on the Stephs, on the James Harden's. Because the thing is, he's combining offense and defense and leadership. So it's like, if he can give you, if you can give you those kind of 28, 10, nine numbers like he's going to be up there and I think the fact that he was last year the all-star captain if he keeps on growing he's going to be insane like he's already got LeBron James trying to sign him to his try to sign him to Nike because of that he can tell that the kind of player that he's going to be and LeBron doesn't do that for just anyone so I think Luka Doncic he's a dark horse because he's young but I think just like how Tatum's going to get better Luka Doncic is going to get even better and he's going to take this Mavs team far there's no disagreeing there, boy. Um, yeah, Luka Doncic is, is going to be the face of the league very, very soon, boy. But I'm going to go with someone I mentioned earlier. Because um, I believe this guy has got, like, he's gotten better every year. Like, there's no ceiling. I believe he's got a higher ceiling than Jason Taylor. And I'm talking about Brandon Ingram. Brandon oh. Ingram for me. Oh. Because the truth is, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram <laughs> is on the Pelicans who are going to have the coverage because they've got Zion. Do you know what I'm saying? Also, he's going to have a second-best player who is probably the, the second-best player on, like, 
he can be the best player on a lot of teams. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't think he's going to be better than Brandon Ingram. Um, yeah, man. Uh, as I said, the coverage, he's going to have Zion um, with him. Um, the untapped potential, um, what he can do on both ends of the court. Um, the way that he scores as well. He, he, he reminds me of a lot of uh, KD, you know. But a lot of his stuff is um, off the dribble. KD is obviously more um, catch and shoot, maybe more efficient. But um, in terms of him being unguardable, bro, Brandon Ingram. And the mad thing is, um, when he was with the Lakers, when uh, before AD got them with LeBron and that, he was really starting to carry the scoring load. And uh, he was thriving in that role. I mean, like, it's no surprise. That's why I wasn't surprised when he got to the Pelicans. While all um, the other guys in his draft class were signing max deals, and they were saying, "Oh, we're not going to give him one yet. We want to see because he had the blood clot situation. They wanted to see how he'd react." Um, the guy came out. He averaged twenty-five a game, made the All-Star game. So um, yeah, man. Listen, I mean, for me, look, look, the reason there's no feeling on Brandon Ingram. I, fam, look, I think Brandon Ingram can break into the top twenty definitely. However, the reason why I disagree top with him, top five. Nah, nah no way, no way, no way. <laughs> the reason why <laughs> I do say this, now the reason why I have to disagree with you definitely and disagree strongly is because it's simply because of a reason that you stated for Brandon Ingram, and it's because of that. The Pelicans aren't going to be a great team this year. They're not making the playoffs for one. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? Fingers Pelicans crossed. are not because there are there are eight teams better than the Pelicans in the West, and we in don't know West. how long Facts. Zion's going to last for. We Facts. don't know how much Zion's going to play. Facts. There are eight Ingram teams. can't do it on his own. There are easily eight teams better than better than the Pelicans. In fact, easily eight teams better than them. And the Warriors that. is back. And the Warriors. Is back. What you don't think there are eight teams? I think, I think they're in the mix. Like, any team that you want to put seven and eight. And let's also bear in mind there's going to be the play-in tournament as well. Even if they uh, even if they get in... Look, they're not making the playoffs. And it's simply for the fact I that disagree. I just think they're not well-constructed for a team to, to make the playoffs. When you look at the and team... And they're young as well. They're yeah, very young. they're young. Obviously, they're adding... <laughs> they're kind of from, from now, isn't it? Yeah. Or next year, isn't it? Next season. Yeah, one year yeah. From but they're coming, yeah. though. No, I, not I have no doubts that Brandon Ingram will be a great player. However... To, to push him into the top 10, I think will be a stretch. I think it'll be a great achievement for him to break into the top 20. For me, personally, that would be a great achievement. But top 10, no way. Especially when they're not making the playoffs. So what are we basing it off of? Uh, uh, he needs either a playoff push or an outstanding season where his numbers are insane. And obviously, I'm not saying he can't get that season, but I just doubt it. Doubt it very highly because even if he is getting incredible numbers, are the Pelicans winning with those incredible numbers as well? I don't know. We don't know. Well, also they've got two All Star caliber players, which is like that's the rest of. Do you think the Pelicans? The question to you is: Do you think the Pelicans believe that Brandon Ingram is their number one guy, or do they? Do you think they believe Zion's the number one guy? They know. Brandon Ingram is the number one. Are you sure? They know no, Brandon Ingram. No, 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 no. I watch Pelican game. Talking about on the basketball court. <laughs> it was talking about on the basketball court. Don't tell me Zion is your number one guy. No, yes, but I'm saying, yes. I'm saying, yes. I know, I know we don't think so. I'm talking about on the court. No, I know we don't think so. I'm saying take yourself out of it. I'm saying, do you think the Pelicans think Brandon is the number one guy? I believe they do, fam. He has the ball in his hands a lot. Obviously, Zion is the number one pick. Zion is is a, a phenom, fam. We never seen nothing like Zion. But at the end of the day, we know the guy who has the ball in his hands is the guy who's not the most important, but he's going to have the biggest say on your offense. 
And in the half court, Brandon Ingram is going to be the one with the ball in his hands. Zion stuff is going to be um, catching it around the basket, offensive rebounds, lobs, that stuff. Bro, that's going to leave so much room for Brandon Ingram to succeed. Uh, I just don't see... Um, like Zion's not going to be have the ball in his hands the way Brandon Ingram does. Mm. Brandon Ingram's going to have the opportunity to succeed. And I think you're underrating them as a team as well because um, maybe we might question their off-season, you know? But they're still one of the most talented teams in the West, without a doubt. I don't think I'm underrating them because if I look at it in the West right now, look, the Lakers will finish above them. Do you agree with that? Tell me when to stop in it. Yeah, go on. The Clippers. Yep. Um, who else is in the West? The Jazz. Mavs. Yep. The Mavs. Yep. Um, Suns. The Suns, yeah, the Suns. But that's what I'm saying. I feel as the the Suns... Uh, the, the Warriors. The, the Blazers I'll have above. The Blazers. The Warriors. The Warriors. I think they're in there with the Warriors. I think they're in there with the you Warriors. You think the Pelicans can finish above the Warriors? Definitely. No, not with Steph being when man. With everyone fully fit. I'm Steph telling you now, nah, the man. Pelicans can finish above the Warriors. Nah, nah. Disagree, man. Highly. This is no the way. same Pelicans, you know. This is the same Pelicans <laughs> that played in the offseason. No way. <laughs> they have not changed. No way. And then you've got the Nuggets as well. Will the Nuggets finish lower than yeah. the Pelicans? No, no. The Nuggets will finish above. And then, what, we mentioned the Nuggets and we mentioned um, Portland as well. You think Portland will finish below the, the, the Pelicans? No, I already said Portland will finish above. So that's already eight teams, fam. Yeah, and we don't know don't what Van Gundy's going to do. It might not work out with him. And to be honest, no matter, who, no matter who gets them to the first round, they're probably going to lose anyway. They'll probably go <laughs> six or seven games with the Clippers or the Lakers. Six? They get swept. They're getting swept. <laughs> No, they're not getting swept. They're not. Getting they're swept. getting swept, man. They're getting swept. They're not getting swept. <laughs> but I mean, on my side, I'm done. Darren, have you got any last maybe thoughts or questions? Just listen. Uh, you might remember what I'm saying here about the Pelicans. I, I, I remember that, fam. It's gonna be clipped up um, anyway. We have it all here, innit? <laughs> What's that I'm saying? I'm just looking forward to the NBA season starting, man. Um, obviously starts next week. Um, definitely. Just just, just looking forward to it, man. 100%. And if we go to you, James, just quickly a last shout again. Who's going to win it all next season? At, well, this season. I think I know who you're going to pick anyway. But who's going to win it all and who's going to be your MVP? Uh, MVP, Luka Doncic. And I think... Yeah, I think the Lakers will win. The Lakers yeah. have... They've made some really good moves. Yeah. And they've already won, so can't be someone that actually makes moves and they win. Darren? Um, MVP. I don't even know. I go with. What? I don't know if the Mavs will be good enough. Though. That's the thing. Um, I go with Kawhi. Go with a wild shot. I go with really? Kawhi. Mm. Only question mark, bro. He's gonna have the numbers. The only question mark is, um, will he play enough games? But I think, um, actually, you know, it's more back to back. But still, I think. Because they know they have to establish chemistry and um, be on the court together, he's going to um, play more games. He's going to up his leadership. Like, fam, if, if you've been watching the Clippers games, Kawhi be tickling his teammates, he's doing all kind of nonsense. So, you know he's trying to improve the camaraderie and um, <laughs> what they're doing off the court. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, Darren said it here first. Kawhi's going to win MVP because he's tickling his teammates. He's going to tickle his way to a championship. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I agree. I agree. I'm joking. I'm joking. Adi, what do you think? 
title, who's going to win it all, and who's going to be MVP? Hey, I think it's, it's hard to look past the Lakers. It's very hard to look past the Lakers for the title. Because you look at LeBron, LeBron's still doing his thing. How many years into the game? 18, into year 18 in the league. You've got AD. Who's, he says the guy's still not in his prime, in my opinion. He's still not in his prime. Um, so AD is still growing. He's still getting better each season. And he's on the team with LeBron. So he's learning directly from one of the greatest players of all time, right? Straight off. And then they've also added Mark Gasol, who's one of the best passing centers in the league as well. So to have that and then adding Dennis Schroeder, six man of the year candidate, great ball handler. Like the team is broken in a great way. <laughs> the team is very, very broken. And, you still see, um, and then you still see the Clippers. The Clippers still haven't added a floor general. For all the problems that they had last season, they still haven't added the one key. Lakers thing took from them. They took Harold, and he was a part of what they was actually doing. So, so like the Clippers, oh, even if <laughs> so, the Clippers, even though that they might have added a couple pieces, they added the Bucker, great center, a uh, player that the Lakers were looking at. It's a great addition. They added the team. He's a very good player to have as well in the roster. But they're still missing a very good one. They're still missing a very good point guard. You can see Pat Bev. He dropped two points in preseason the other day. Like, come on. Like big man, like that's your point. That's your point guard. That's your starting guy. Dropping two point. Come on, you need yeah. better than that. You need uh, better than that. So it's hard to look past the Lakers. But in terms of uh, MVP, well, it's out of for me. It's out of AD and Luka Doncic. Yeah. It's one of those two guys. AD getting better every season. LeBron is slowly but surely giving them the reins or uh, giving them the reins to the Lakers. Like he's trying to give him the crown. Basically, he's trying to give it to AD. So. Mm. There's that, and then there's Doncic, who, where we all know what Doncic is on. Lights that out, guy's man. a problem. Lights a problem so. out. Yeah, yeah, nah. Look, I can't even do too much, like, trying to be extra or trying to be extravagant. <laughs> I think for me, just to be a tad bit different, again, I agree with ID. I think I'll go with um, AD, but again, I won't be surprised if Doncic wins it. I, I won't even be surprised if Giannis wins it. The only reason why I'll be surprised is because of course, we know the MVP is a narrative award, so I don't know if they want to give it to Giannis three years in a row, but look, that, that East, yeah, is so stacked that if Giannis finishes first again, maybe dominates the Nets in, in the regular season as well, like, he'll be in contention, do you get what I'm saying? Like, he'll definitely be in contention, and as much as... I think they've gotten better as a regular season team as well, because look, Drew Holiday is better than Bledsoe. Um, you've added... Um, who else did they add? You got added Tory Craig, who's a nice piece as well. So they've got a good, they've got a good roster, man. They've still yeah, got a good team. Yeah, exactly. They've still got a good team, man. But yeah, AD is who I'll go because I think he will make that. My league. only, my only thing is, go on. Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, I don't know if the Mavs are gonna be a high enough seed, innit, for Luke to be such a favorite. Yeah, I mean, he's the William Hill. He's the favorite by far. Like he's number one by far now, and number two is. Giannis and I think number three is then AD so bro all the betting all the betting odds are in Doncic's favour so you already know the narrative is fixed towards Doncic so I feel I think they'll squeeze every last little bit of like if the Mavs finish in about maybe I'd say the fourth seed might be enough and because if because Doncic basically averages a triple double do you get what I'm saying if he gets 39 and 9 why is he not winning MVP do you get what I'm saying and the Mavs finish fourth 
Do you get what I'm saying? So like, look, he's a, he's a top, he's a top guy, man. Top, top guy. And then the chip, I think it's the Lakers, man. I think the Lakers lose the ring because of them, not because of anyone else being that much better than them. It'll be them not performing. Maybe LeBron has declined dramatically in the space of a couple of months or AD gets injured, something like that. It'll be because of something within. It won't be because another team is better. I don't think any roster is built to beat the Lakers and LeBron. Because you have to remember, it's beating LeBron as well. How many times has LeBron not made it to the NBA Finals? LeBron has spent more of his career in the NBA Finals than out of it, which I still think doesn't get enough credit. Like, it's not about just longevity. Like, anyone can last long. It's about always... Me and Darren talk about it in football all the time. Availability is the best ability you can have. Do you get what I'm saying? And LeBron has that in leaps and bounds. And that's why I just think, if any, if the Lakers don't win, it's because of something that happens within. But yeah, man. man um, I didn't even talk in the Lakers like that, but yeah, it's nah, clear favorite. There's, yeah. not, there's, there's, there's not much to be said about the Lakers. Like, <laughs> 100%. 100%. But, Mandem, appreciate you coming on the once again. I mean, it's been the first NBA episode we've done in a while. Definitely going to be more consistent now. Coming every week, got a show coming in every week. So, you guys are going to definitely be back on. Definitely going to do maybe like a link up zone, the rundown, the EOTV. <laughs> so, you already know what it 